Hello, my name is Andrew Gary, and welcome to Seismic Sound Off in depth conversations in applied geophysics. In this episode, SEG President Anna Shaughnessy discusses the major challenges and decisions facing the SEG and the geosciences in the years ahead. Anna discusses the recently formed Strategic Options Task Force, addressing possible collaborations with other societies. She also highlights the Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion Committee, offers words of wisdom to young geoscientists, and showcases the geophysical and upcoming geoscience sustainability atlases. Anna also shares what it means to represent SEG in this role and offers what she thinks is the most important question facing SEG. This conversation offers an important look into the meaningful events impacting the SEG and the greater industry. Visit seg.org slash podcast for the full show notes and links mentioned in this episode. This episode is brought to you by CGG. When you've been a part of the geoscience community for over 90 years, you'll learn a few things including the importance of sharing ideas and experiences. CGG is proud to support the SEG and the industry as it applies its geoscience and data science expertise to natural resource, energy transition, infrastructure, and environmental challenges. As the world's energy needs continue to evolve and grow, and we face new challenges, CGG will help you see things differently. Now for our conversation. So, Anna, how do you feel you are settling into this new role as president of SEG? Well, Andrew, I would say uh, that I am busier than ever. Uh, however, we, as president, we have we spend the year as president elect, which in you can say it's a year in training, and it gives you an appreciation for a lot of things that are going on with the SEG. So it's not like it's a surprise to you. But what I would like to say is that I do feel tremendous support, both from the SEG board, but also from staff and members. And it, it's a really, really wonderful feeling. I, uh, I know that they are supporting me and uh, helping me in any way they can. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, looking back at past presidents, if there is another president that has had as many roles at SEG as you have, ha have had. You have served in a lot of roles for the society through the years. And a lot has changed even since you published your position statement about being a president in July 2020. And while those things still hold true, you know, one of the major changes since that time is the announcement of SPE and AAPG's intent to merge. And SEG, in response, has created the Strategic Options Task Force. Could you share with the members a little bit about this task force and its charge? Yes. First of all, the announcement of SPE and AAPG planning to merge came as a surprise to us. And... Um, we have been invited to join these discussions to um, join them as one giant uh, society, and which is an option. However, what I'd like to make sure is that we look at the different types of options we have going forward. So I've created a strategic options task force that is reviewing, exploring different possibilities. Are there other societies we can collaborate with? And in essence, to me, the question is, uh, 
do we want to go forward as a an industry society or a technical society? And of course, there are benefits to being a in an industry society. We have a lot of sponsors there. We, of course, have already collaborated, are collaborating in many, many different areas with SPE and APG as far as meetings and different committees. Or do we want to go forward as a technical society and build on our strength in applied geophysics in different arenas, not just within petroleum, but in other directions as well. So this task force uh, is working right now. The chair is Ken Tubman, our president-elect. And I would love for you to actually give input. We've put together an email where you can reach the task force. It's sotaskforce at seg.org. Again, sotaskforce at seg.org. And if you give input, send input into this email, all the members of this task force will be able to, to read what you have to say. So by all means, please do that. We will put that email as well in, in the show notes to this episode. So don't feel if you have to pull over and write that down just yet. You know, what, what can people expect in terms of a timeline with recommendations from this task force about next steps for SEG? Well, the task force is meeting weekly right now. And just to give a little bit of um, information about what the task force looks like, we have members from different types of applied geophysics. We have uh, young geophysicists, early career geophysicists, as well as seasoned veterans. We have people in uh, near surface, academia, industry, etc. And these members in turn have been asked to use their networks to make sure that we reach as many members as possible. We are looking for a progress report, if not the final recommendations for our board meeting in December. So that's what we're looking at right now. In December, we'll get to know some, some additional options. So now is definitely the time to get that feedback into that, that email address while, while you still can. And you know, as you mentioned, the announcement of SBE and AAPG's merger was a surprise. And a global pandemic was certainly a surprise. How, how do you hope to position SEG moving forward to continue offering these programs and services it's known for in this new environment it's facing? Well, we have always uh, had a strong, strong programs in the environmental arena. Of course, the Geoscientists Without Borders, GWB program. But I'd like to see that we will grow significantly in other arenas of near-surface geophysics, for example, in water management, infrastructure, both monitoring and maintenance. Uh, you can look at dams, uh, highways, bridges, etc. Coastal erosion is, a, is a, an area where we can make a difference, as well as several different types of slope stability, whether it's landslides, etc., that can cause significant humanitarian challenges. So I see our, us growing in, in the environmental arena. There are so many things that we can do there with applied geophysics. 
And I'd like to think that more and more young uh, professionals actually choose this direction. I think it's a very, very exciting field. Yeah, speaking of of the environmental angle, you helped co-author the Geophysical Sustainability Atlas that connected how geophysics contributes to each of the UN's sustainable development goals. Why do you think it is important to keep showing and discussing how geophysics applies outside the petroleum industry? Well, first of all, I'd like to get cred- give credit to Mariangela Capello, who was the brainchild behind this idea. And um, what I think this article does, so this atlas, it shows us within geophysics and the geosciences what impact geophysics has on all the 17 UN Sustainability Development Goals. But it's also an opportunity for us, a communications piece that can easily be shared with people outside the geosciences, whether there are people in the environmental arena, policymakers, and the community at large. I mean, you can even share it with with your family that might not know that much about geoscience. I think it speaks loud and clear all the different things that geophysics can do. And for me, unfortunately, I don't think we've done a good job at all communicating what geosciences can do for the globe, really. And we need to start to get much better at this uh, as we go forward with all the challenges within climate change, etc. Geosciences can make a huge difference here. Yeah, the article is really laid out in a really intuitive and helpful way for anyone uh, to to understand how geophysics connects. And it's even my understanding now that a broader geoscience sustainable sustainability atlas is being developed. Is, is there anything you could share about the work going on with that? Yes, I'd love to. Again, Mariangela Capello is the driver of this. And the exciting thing here, I think, is that it, it really was on request from people within APG and other forms, other places of, or societies within geoscience. So right now, there are a number of people on this team from APG, and there are experts in volcanology, mining, geology, etc., and I think the what this atlas is going to be very important for is that it will actually give specific case histories, programs and projects that highlight how, for example, a water management project is was developed and executed somewhere in whether it's Asia or Africa or the US. And this, the intent is that this atlas will actually be an online document that can grow so that as case histories come in, it can be added to. So uh, there will be, the intent is that there will be more and more examples of uh, what you can do as far as uh, for sustainability with the geosciences. You know, you you mentioned that you hope young people in particular kind of get connected uh, to to these goals and and, and this atlas and, and how they can use their geophysics in that way. 
and any key to any association is engaging its young members. What would you like to say to the next generation of geophysicists? I would like to say, come join us and help us make a difference. I do speak to a lot of students these days. I'm invited to student chapters, etc. And to me, all of them want to make a difference. They don't want to just have a job. They want to have a meaningful job that makes a difference. And I think uh, the geosciences has so much promise to really be critical going forward uh, to create the sustainable world. So by all means, come join us. And, and just a note, you know, one of the great things about the article uh, about the Geophysical Sustainability Atlas is that is open access. So you can share it with friends, families, people not connected with the SEG in, in a very easy way, and, and they, they would be able to read it. And there's another article that you wrote in, in this month's, in November's The Leading Edge, about a new committee called the JEDI Committee. Could you share a bit about this new committee, what JEDI stands for, and why you think it was important for SEG to take the step to create this committee? Yes, I uh, Jedi and the Jedi Committee is another passion of mine. And let me first uh, explain that uh, Jedi stands for Justice, Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion. And this is an effort that was basically initiated by past president Rick Miller. And it came after the tragic death of George Floyd and several other horrible events in uh, the summer of 2020. And Rick basically wanted to ensure that SEG was not biased, that we were open and we were doing everything we could to become diverse. In short, there, the task force eventually put together policies and procedures for this now standing JEDI committee. And this committee to me has the opportunity to do both big and small things. Some of the big things to me would be to ensure that the pipeline of future SEG leaders will di be diverse, will be global, will come from different parts of, of geophysics, that it will be much larger than in the past. Uh, I'd like to see that we invite many more young people to our committees and uh, offer them opportunities to, to learn and become leaders. I should say that SEG is not alone in the efforts of diversity and inclusion. All science societies are involved in this uh, effort right now. And we actually have a great opportunity to collaborate and, and build on each other's expertise and not reinvent the wheel, but basically take advantage of, of programs that are happening in other societies. So it's a very important uh, thing. And uh, I look forward to helping drive this forward for SEG. I'd like to see us even more global more diverse, and make sure that everyone felt that we had the culture where they felt invited. Is this a committee that, that are, is still accepting new members? The committee has been formed, and the, the official start was actually in October of this year. They are eager to get input, and yet the committee at this point is 
full, shall we say. We have, I believe, 15 members. About six of the members were the ones that were part of the initial task force. And then we have about uh, seven, eight people that have come in as new members. There will be subcommittees formed as different topics come up, but they're just in the beginning of this. So I think we'll have to give them a, a chance to, to get established and decide what their priorities are, both on a large scale again, but also on little things. Like, for example, in our board meeting now, the SEG board meeting, we, have, we start our meetings with what I call a Jedi moment. And it's basically a five-minute time slot where we share something that has to do with diversity and inclusion. And it can be something very simple. In fact, uh, one meeting, I just shared what it was like to be Swedish and how my cultural background influences what I do and how I go about things. And it's something that we don't always think about, but... uh, Anyway, so Jedi moments are small things that, that we can do in, in any meeting as we start them. I, I like that, a Jedi moment. That's a, a great thing. I could see that being able to roll across every SEG committee and, and, and different meetings as well. You know, what message, you know, you, you spoke about how SEG is a global society. You know, what would you like, what message would you like to share with SEG's global offices and its global members? Yeah, you know, we've prided ourselves in being a global society for a long time. However, I'm not sure we've uh, done the global members enough justice. So I would like to increase the influence of our global members. We, of course, now have offices in Dubai, Kuala Lumpur, and Beijing. These office managers have done a tremendous job in offering products and programs, workshops, conferences for members in their regions. And I I see that continuing to grow. But then I'd like to have more global members come in and be part of the different leadership committees at the SEG. So it's, uh, it's going to grow. I look forward to us truly saying and uh, showing that we are a global society. You know, getting a little bit more personal, what does it mean to you to represent SEG as its president? Well, it's, it's a rather humbling experience, actually, when, when it finally hits you that you are basically representing over 13,000 members around the globe. I would like for everyone to know that I take it very seriously. It is my priority right now. I pretty much spell full-time working on SEG, what have you, uh, committees, uh, different uh, things going on within the, the society. And of course, this year, we have some very critical decisions to, to make. Yeah. And so I do take it very seriously. But I'd also like to say that I... I am very much enjoying being a role model, maybe especially for young women, but also from those coming from small countries that uh, have uh, English as a second language. I would like to think that it gives uh, people from around the world in maybe 
from smaller communities uh, that they can see that it doesn't matter where you come from, but you can basically become president of the SDG. Well, well, speaking of that, kind of lastly here, you know, what is one piece of advice you would offer someone that would like to succeed in your field? Oh, well, that um, I, I think there are so many different paths that you can go in geophysics. And from my perspective, I started as a technical geophysicist, as you, if you will, as an interpreter, seismic interpreter. And I pretty quickly realized that I preferred to not be a, a single contributor, if you will, but I really like to lead a team. I like to facilitate and I really like to see other people grow, etc. So I think it just depends on what your interests are. There, there are so many d- different directions you can go. It's all a roller coaster from my perspective. It, uh, you can't know from the beginning where things are going to lead. And I, of course, have been in a dual geophysicist career relationship for over 40 years. And it's even more true there that you really have to be flexible. And if there's an opportunity for your partner, then it might be that uh, as a team, you decide to go in that direction, even though the opportunity for you might not be as advantageous. But eventually it works out. And I think it's uh, geoscience, geophysics is a wonderful career and certainly has been for me. And I am sure it will be for those that are starting out in this field right now. Just be flexible and be ready to raise your hand when an opportunity comes up. And uh, yeah, go for it. Yeah, paying attention to what you like is, is a good strategy in general there. And that that's wonderful advice. And you have risen your hand and stepped up in a, a really an, an unprecedented time for the society. So thank you for sharing a little bit at the start of this journey and, and wish you well uh, for the rest of your year and the year after as you'll, you'll keep serving the SEG. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you for listening to SEG's flagship podcast, Seismic Sound Off. SEG produces these episodes to benefit its members, the geophysics community, and inform the public on the value of the science. To show your support for the show, please share this episode with a friend, colleague, or manager that would enjoy hearing this show. Your recommendation is the single best action you can take on behalf of SEG's podcast. To receive the latest episodes first, follow Seismic Sound Off on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. The SEG podcast team is Ted Bakamjan, Kathy Gamble, and Ali McGinnis. Thank you for listening. This is Seismic Sound Off, signaling off.